Are you interested in influencing product innovation? Technomics Industry Influencer Panel lets you share ideas about the support you need through surveys and bulletins. Join for free today and help push the industry forward. Visit technomic.com slash panel for details. Dutch Brothers Coffee is one of the biggest growth stories in the restaurant business that you haven't heard about. Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Joth Rickey, President of the 400-unit drive through coffee chain, to discuss its growth strategies. Dutch Brothers has grown an average of 12% a year between 2014 and 2019, according to Technomic data, and in 2019 grew by 15%. Last year, it met its goals for unit growth despite the pandemic. Ricky discusses its growth and the chain's future plans. He also discusses how the company responded to the pandemic, including its use of technology, which sped up dramatically over the past year. Please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Joth Ricky. Joth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Super. So um, I actually want to start off uh, a little bit. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the, the history of Dutch Brothers and where you guys are at right now? Oh, it's, uh, you know, Dutch Brothers is, uh, is 29 years old and young and, um, and has been through an amazing uh, journey. It started with two brothers in Grants Pass, Oregon with a coffee cart and um, had this heard about this thing called espresso and and thought they they uh, they needed a way to transition out of the family dairy business and uh, were wanted to kind of make their own make their own way and so they they built a coffee stand in Dutch in um, in Grants Pass Oregon and and uh, started serving coffee and really the difference was is they were serving it uh, with a smile and and really serving it with the lens of service uh, over anything so. Um, from day one, this business was about fun. It was about culture. It was about the experience that you had. It was about a memorable conversation you had with somebody. And from the day one that Trav and Dane Borsma uh, opened Dutch Bros um, through to today, I would tell you that that culture and that influence on day one uh, persists all the way through. So, you know, we're a beverage business, but um, but really we are grounded um, in how we treat our customer and, and um and we really say we're in the we're in the people business, and our product is love. Mm -hmm. So you have had um, one of the things reasons why I was really interested in having you guys on is like you have pretty quietly been one of the fastest growing restaurant chains in the United States, and and certainly uh, one of the fastest growing coffee concepts. Last five, well, I guess going into the pandemic, uh, you had like a five-year system sales cager of 12%, uh, and that seems to only be increasing. I think it was 15% in 2019. What's, uh, what's the story of the growth, and what's, what's the strategy been? Well, I think the growth strategy, again, I mean, we're, we're in our 29th year, and, and I think that the, the business has done a nice job of expanding um, throughout the West and, and not being over-aggressive in expansion, but actually – being smart about the way it expands and, and making sure that the culture and the, and the way that we do things is protected in how we do it. And, and um, so I really, really applaud uh, the team that was here long before I was and how they built out the brand. Um, some of the other keys is, is that we, we only promote from within um, related to how we expand our, our culture and our business. And so 
I get a lot of questions of like, how do you, how is your service so good and, and the same in Phoenix as I experience it in Sacramento is the way I experience it in Spokane. And um, I think the people systems and the growth and the development of our people are really the key um, to delivering what we do every day. And, and that's been, it's really been the key to success. And even our expansion and our growth and the way that we've done it um, is really built on our people readiness model than it is on our need to be uh, in a market. So over the last few years, we, we have accelerated um, our expansion into communities and opened up new markets. A lot of that is just based on people readiness and our operators being prepared to go into new markets and expand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems it's always um, always like one of the biggest uh, challenges to growth is just making sure that you have people ready to, um, to, to do that. And I mean, I know that historically I've heard time and again, that one of the biggest that, that a lot of, I know a lot of companies that would certainly before the pandemic would have uh, grown further, uh, quicker had they had the people simply to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's been interesting. So, you know, in the last year we've opened Salt Lake city as a brand new market. We've opened Albuquerque as a new market. And most recently we went into College Station, Texas um, and moved our move our business into there. And I can tell you that the reception and just the endorsement of the brand and and, and really the people that we've been able to hire um, you know, into the Dutch Bros family um, has been some of the highest quality and, and best people that we've seen. And, and most recently in, in Texas, we had 350 people apply for Broista jobs um, really? just in College Station alone. Um, and unfortunately, we were only able to hire 50 of them. And the team on the ground there could tell you that we could have hired 150 of them because of the quality of the people um, that we had uh, come through for employment. So it's exciting to be able to offer those opportunities and really focus on that as the key to success. Did you just call them Broises? We did. We called them Broises. We have we have lots of lots of unique names um, related to the Dutch Bros family, and we call our we call our our uh, our team on the ground as Broises, mm -hmm. okay. and they are trained by the mob. Um, the mob is actually the masters of Broises um, because they are really the best of the best. Um, but they are team the mob, and they go in and do all of our training. And, um, and it might be led, and, and in some cases, you might hear the term Dutch Mafia, um, which is the collection of customers um, that are, have been associated with the brand for a long time and, and very much uh, part of the, the energy that, that continues to build this momentum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have the Dutch mob training the Broisen. Correct. Got yeah. It. yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah. It's better than, better than employee and manager. I it mean, is. If they were employees and managers, it'd be like, what's the, what's the point to that? You just sound like everybody else. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun. And I, I do like hearing about some of the, you know, some of the in, um, you know, inside uh, titles for, for employees and managers that, that, that companies have. And it's really good for a culture because, you know, it was 100% of people tell me culture is important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, First and foremost for us, and I think the difference is, is that some companies talk about it and they put up signs and, and, um, but I, as I tell people, you got to live it every day. You got to wake up in the morning and know that you have, um, you have an accountability to culture and the culture isn't an event. Culture isn't a sign. It's not its tagline. It's, um, it's something that you live every day.
and um, and we have to make sure that we do that every day um, so that our team understands how important that is. So, um, and it's not fabricated. It's, we tr it's, as, it's as real as it can get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I imagine the pandemic's been pretty good for you, huh? Or am I uh, assuming so? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, the pandemic, um, I would say it's, it's, it's been good for us in some sense that it actually has made us a much better business um, because of the decisions that we've made over the last year. Um, but not without its struggles. I, you mm -hmm. know, we didn't automatically see just this massive increase in business and, and um, you know, stay at home orders were, were really difficult for us in traffic. Um, and, and we had to manage through just like everybody else. So I, I don't, you know, there wasn't just all of a sudden a 50% increase in business because we were a drive-through concept. I think, um, you know, what we really had to do was be mindful of how we operated, um, make sure that people understood that they were safe coming to see us. Um, we immediately created a frictionless, um, you know, uh, transaction, but also we took away a lot of things because one of the things we did in pandemic is we said, you know, we actually donated in April, we donated all of our profits uh, to um, a group called First Responders First uh, to help with PPP programs around the country. And then we also, um, you know, we had to really, we, we gave thank you pay uh, right away to our team to really thank them for being on the front line and continue that in many markets where we have stay at home orders uh, still. And, you know, we're, the, we're in the, you know, we're really in the behavior business and, you know, we're, when people stop going to work and they stop going to school, like they stop stopping at Dutch Bros uh, on their way. So we had to rethink about our day parts, how we did things and kind of shifted a lot of things around. But I would tell you at the end of the day, it's, I would tell you the last 12 months has made us a much better business um, going towards the future. And the other thing we were able to do is we opened we opened 72 brand new locations last year hmm. um, amidst the pandemic and, and basically said, if we could play offense and continue to execute the way we know how to do, and as long as the municipalities would have us, uh, we would, we would do it the right way. And, and we had a plan to open 72 locations last year at the beginning of the year. And we executed that. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty impressive actually. I mean, that's um that's an acceleration from the previous year. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I know plenty of restaurants opened during the pandemic, but I mean, for the most part, it really slowed down and that you were able yeah. to do that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah, our team, our, our development team is fantastic. And I think that the way that they managed it, the way they work with partners, the way we were able to hire, um, you know, a lot of people were cutting jobs and, and, you know, we were able to offer, I think we added, well, what we added probably 3000 new employees last year, um, alone to our base and, and was able to, to grow that and mix the time when a lot of restaurants were cutting back or having to close. And so, um, you know, uh, we were able to, to get all that done and, and we got our store count at the end of last year up to about 435 locations, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So you said that you um, what what you said that you 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 uh, learned some things that made you be, uh, become a better company that you think are going to help going forward. Could you tell us a little bit about some of those things? Yeah, I think you know honestly our our biggest the biggest move is what really forced us into what I would say a digital transformation. I would say that we were 
we were pretty good at digital um, going into pandemic, but I'd say the way that we communicated with customers, the way we transacted with customers, uh, we needed to change. I mean, this business five years ago was a cash drawer model. We didn't even take credit cards. Um, and fast forward um, coming into this, we had said we needed to really, a couple of years ago as our five-year plan, we said we really needed to up into digital. And, and, we, and the effect of that is that we had a stamp card hand stamped card that was a punch card for a drink card that you you know buy 10 you get one free right and so we eliminated that in the spring and said you know just for the case of of interacting with our employees we're going to eliminate stamp card we're going to make that go away and it forced us into immediate action to launch our app and um, so on tuesday morning we did an internal launch of our new dutch rewards program and um and I think yesterday, I think we were the number two app in food um, on the on the app store. Um, really? And ahead of, and we haven't even publicly launched it yet. So hopefully when this goes out, we'll be a public launch of it. But um, we've had 130,000 downloads as of this morning. And, um, and I believe it's rating right there with DoorDash and Uber Eats and ahead of, um, you know, all the other major competitors. So we did something right um, related uh-huh. to... Uh, that program and and the reception of it has been fantastic. And, you know, the goal of that program was actually to simplify the transaction um, with our broistas and Mm -hmm. basically say, hey, um, we actually, you know, some of the key is our interaction with our customers. And if we can simplify and remove the friction um, and make it even easier uh, for our broistas and our customers to connect, um, then we've done a good job. And, and I tell you that we're pretty excited about, uh, about, about the potential of that program. So uh, just to, um, to, to uh, highlight your point on your app, this is the top apps. As we sit here speaking, um, the, the number one uh, food and drink app is, is DoorDash. Number two uh, is McDonald's. Number three is Dutch Brothers. Number four is Uber Eats. And Don't laugh. Starbucks. <laughs> that's really impressive. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys have 400 locations, and your your app is uh you know is is right up there with Chick Fil A, McDonald's, DoorDash, and Uber Eats. That's really impressive. Yeah, thank you. I you know our team is is fantastic, and they put a lot of work into you know how we wanted to do it. And again, we won't publicly launch this until uh, next Tuesday. This was all just an internal launch to. Um, make sure that our team was trained up on it the right way and, and utilizing. But as you're saying, um, you know, there's only, I think we have 15,000 employees. So uh, to see the reaction of it already has been pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine that's going to be a pretty interesting change for you guys, isn't it? I mean, uh, to be shifting, you know, to, to being that digital, um, you know, you're going to have a pretty sudden influx of customers that are going to be using that app right away. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it will be a big change for us. I think we've been building for that the last couple of years. I think that, um, you know, we've, I think we've hired up a a really good team and we're in a position to be able to, to build some muscle around that. Um, and also some strategy around it. I think that, that, you know, I think our digital transformation is not only that, but it's also how are we utilizing, social media and how are we, you know, how are we partnering with affinity groups and how do we, how do we do that? And I, I tell you that, that from a digital standpoint, you know, one of my goals for this company when I came in was, was I thought it had the potential to be the most dynamic 
um, digital business in the industry. And I know that's, that's a big ask when you think about the people that we're up against. Um, and, um, but I really felt like our audience and, and the way that, that, that we communicate and what we're about, I felt like it had a big opportunity. And I, I, and I, I think it's been key to how we've launched in places like college station, which was 1100 miles away. Um, from our next location, which was in Albuquerque. And so when you think about the distance and how isolated that is um, and the reception we got, I thought it was, it was pretty amazing. And I think our digital work has a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned competition. And so you are, um, I mean, uh, I mean the, the, the coffee business that, at, you, know, uh, you know, I mean, to me, I think it's a great business to be in. Um, I mean, cause it's, it's pretty habitual, da, 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 da. But, um, at the same time, I mean, the, the level of competition that you have, um, uh, in, in that business is pretty intense. So you got Starbucks, the number two restaurant chain in the United States. Um, you have, uh, Duncan, which is a, a, another top 10. Um, and, you know, obviously they're, they're, you know, muscling into a lot of the markets where you're in. Uh, and, and, oh, by the way, McDonald's, you know, the largest restaurant chain just happens to serve a little bit of coffee. Um, so, and, and, you know, you've meant, you've managed to be able to, you know, generate the amount of growth that you have, um, even amidst that intense competition, what's been the key element there? Well, you know, not to be a broken record, but I think really it goes back to, uh, culture and, and how we, how we work with our customers. And I, and I think that that just becomes infectious in the markets that we're in um, related to the service element of what we do. And when you think about, you know, the companies with great service models and great employee models, those have stood the test of time um, and been able to, to work through whatever industry you're in um, in, in how those businesses have solidified themselves in communities. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things. It's not just one thing. So one is that, you know, we do more than just coffee. Um, you know, really, I think of Dutch Bros as a, as a beverage company. Um, and, and we're pretty good about day parts across the entire day. So we're actually, I'd say we could improve our morning business. Um, you know, we actually, you know, work pretty well across the midday, the late afternoon, and even the early evening day parts. We do, do pretty well across that. So I think we have a very balanced portfolio of offerings. I think we have a very balanced customer base um, in how we communicate and interact with the customer. Um, I think our service is out is outstanding. And and the other thing that, that is a big part for us and has been a big part for day one is is our, our philanthropic um, efforts. Um, you know, in 2020, um, you know, we gave over seven million dollars away uh, through our foundation to almost 600 different uh, entities across the western half of the U.S. And so, um, you know, building those relationships in community and, and giving back in community is another really important part of what Dutch Bros is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, so is, did you notice after the, um, you know, as, as you recovered from the initial shock of the pandemic, I'm assuming, of course, that you recovered from the initial shock of the pandemic and things aren't a disaster. <laughs> Things are not a disaster. Yeah, I think I think we've um, I think we've rebuilt, uh, uh, you know, some of the guts of the business. I'd tell you that, that there were some things we weren't doing very well before the pandemic. And I can tell you we're a lot better at some things uh, coming out of it. Mm-hmm. 
So did you notice anything different about how your consumer, how your consumers used the, the company um, since then? I mean, are they doing anything different? You know, I think the one big change we've seen is, is, um, is in ticket has gone up quite a bit with, and traffic has, has dropped. Um, and what we're seeing with that is we're seeing more multi-beverage orders. So it's like, Hey, dad's working from home, mom's at home, kids are doing school. Um, Hey, I'm headed to Dutch. Uh, you want me to get you something? And I think there's been more of that uh, where we've seen more multi-drink orders and, and larger ticket orders related to the business. We've seen traffic move out of you know, the, the 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. day part has shifted to 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And we've seen a big business shift into that middle part of the day, which has affected staffing and some of the other things we need to do. Um, and and I think we've seen more. We're primarily in warmer weather markets, and um, we've certainly seen a shift to more more cold. I mean, I think 70 some percent of our business now is is cold. Um and um, and we continue to see that shift in movement into cold beverages. So those would be kind of the three big trends I think we've seen um, in the last year. And, and uh, you know, we'll see what else happens as, as the markets start to come back. Mm-hmm. So uh, where do you go from here now? What's uh, what's the plans for the next couple of years? Well, we you know, we've been pretty public over the last couple of years that we'd like to get to 800 locations by 2023. Um, you know, we're in the we're in the middle of that plan. I think we've added 120 locations in the last uh, 24 months, mm-hmm. and um, we'll add somewhere between 90 and 100 locations this year. Um, quite about 70 of those will be infill into our current geography in the western region, and then we'll go into Oklahoma and Texas this year. Um, I think you'll continue to see our expansion into the middle part of the country um, as we build out and and kind of build out the Dutch Bros model in those areas. And then we'll also start to move into Southern California. Um, and, um, and we've just opened Palm Springs. Um, we just opened North of Santa Barbara and, um, and we'll do some work kind of in the Inland Empire area and then kind of down into the suburbs of San Diego is kind of really where a lot of that. And then we'll kind of sprinkle in some Dutch love around a lot of our communities that we're already in and maybe where some new opportunities pop up. So a lot of growth, um, a lot of digital uh, enhancement, I'd say, uh, that will continue to happen. I think the app is going to open up opportunities for us that we probably aren't even thinking about today, but it will push us into a, a space, that, as you said earlier, that will uh, make us a better company and and um, think about how we work with that data um, that we'll start to gather and, and enhance the customer experience. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate that, um, um, I mean, do you anticipate shift things shifting kind of back to where you know they were pre-pandemic in terms of how consumers use the company and and things like that, or do you think that a lot of the change you know change that you mentioned earlier, which is you know larger orders, do you think some of that sort of stuff stays, or do you think that things sort of shift back to normal? I think you know I'm kind of I guess my, my head's around probably an eighty percent normalcy. I think as mm-hmm. as we think about how things are coming back, I think. Um, I don't even think the consumer knows how their behavior is going to change um, when when things start to open back up. I think that some of the traditionalists would like to think that everything's going to be the same. Um, I don't personally feel like that's the case, but I also don't think there's going to be this mad shift into a whole new thing. I think that 
there'll be an element of the customer base that will absolutely be changing its behavior and work from home and, and, um, you know, do things differently. And then I think there's going to be a lot of people that will gravitate back to, you know, finally they get their lives back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to watch. I think it's too early to say, this is how it's going to be. I think as you're seeing in the industry, I think, you know, as we know, drive-throughs and Starbucks just, you know, just kind of posted up their new model as far as what they want to do. And I think that Duncan's talking about new models for drive-throughs and I'm excited about that. I think the the work in drive-through technology is going to enhance the the consumer experience in a way that that we never thought would be possible. And I think car technology is going to change that as well. Um, and I think the way that we utilize our vehicles in related to how we enhance our lives is it's going to be really exciting to watch for those of us that have you know that used to drive a '75 Scamp and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love that car, but the new cars and the way that's going to interact are going to be incredible. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I think for sure. I mean, we we already see a lot of evidence that cars are changing to meet with consumers eating more in their vehicles and drinking more in their vehicles and that sort of thing. It's, it's uh, I mean, uh, as I understand it, according to Technomic, the the number of people, the pers- people the number of people eating inside their cars doubled last, doubled last year. Did it really? Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. And I just think you're going to see more of it. And and I think we're going to, you know, the way that we look at drive-throughs today and the way that we're going to see drive-throughs a decade from now are just going to be astonishing in the mm-hmm. way that's going to change. Um, so I, I think it's going to be super, super interesting to watch how everybody evolves to that. Mm-hmm. This was fantastic, sir. Really appreciate you joining uh, this week on the podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate your time and um, and utilize that app. It's coming, so get ready. <laughs> and that should do it for today's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited by Kimberly Kazmarek. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business Magazine. Thank you for listening. Help the industry on the panel to recovery. With Technomics Industry Influencer Panel, you can participate in surveys and bulletin boards to influence product innovation. Learn more at technomic.com slash panel.